Hi, I'm Jan. And I'm Lynn. Welcome to the Lamplighters podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. We are grateful to be on the journey with you this year as we travel through the Psalms. Last week, we caught up with each other after the Christmas break and shared how giving thanks in bad circumstances and for uh, maybe people we aren't feeling Difficult real people. great about yeah. Yeah. <laughs> impacted us during that potentially stressful time. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to look at this week, Jan? Well, we are returning to the Psalms, or as Tim Keller says, the songs of Jesus. Love and that. I love yep, thinking love of that. Jesus singing all of these. It's just wonderful to me. Specifically, we're going to be looking at Psalm 8 and 103, which is all about the glory of God and His creation. But before we jump in, I want to ask you a question, mainly because it it applies to me and I want I want company in it. Okay. Right? As, do you find yourself wanting to hang on to Christmas, kind of to hold on to those wonderful times in that great rhythm with friends and family and beautiful decorations and lovely smells and great food and laughter and music and all of that stuff? Well, I'll say, of course I do, because for me, it's one time of the year that I truly let go of the daily grind and focus more on the people and things that bring me joy. You know, it's a time of celebration. Mm -hmm. And instead of feeling burdened by daily responsibilities, I feel excited preparing for all the things that go along with celebrating the birth of Jesus. Me too. And we had such a marvelous Christmas this year that I found... uh, I had really a lot of trouble turning away from Christmas this year. Getting back to the routine of real life can be a drag, and it was for Mm -hmm. me. It was really hard. Um, I struggled, as you know, Mm -hmm. with this podcast. And how is that possible when it's about the glory of God and His creation? You can't get much more beautiful than that. And yet I was really struggling. It did not fall together. The thread wasn't apparent. And despite the fact that I was praying Mm -hmm. like crazy, Mm -hmm. I still had one foot in the Christmas season, not really wanting to let go of that. Mm -hmm. Now, you know how we're always kind of delightfully surprised by where the Spirit has us before the holidays? This year, there was no surprise. We were giving thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay, that made perfect sense to me. But it occurred to me at some point that the Spirit might actually have us in Psalm 8 and 103 for a reason— After the holidays. Okay. So when I started looking at that, that's when things started falling into place. So this is going to be a little review, Mm -hmm. redundant for most of us. Advent and Christmas are focused on the first coming of Christ Mm -hmm. as a baby in the manger. God with us, Mm -hmm. Emmanuel, right? Think how low God stooped to become one of us to leave eternity in heaven with his Father, to come as a little baby. Now, he didn't come just to identify with us. He came to die Mm -hmm. because we needed a Savior. We were such a mess and so broken, we couldn't help ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? So the shadow of the cross is always cast upon the cradle. Jesus came to save us and to restore us to fellowship with our loving Heavenly Father, to become His children. Um, so the point of Easter, of Christmas is Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Right. That's the point. We need to always remember that because that's just a demonstration of a love so great for us. It is to be unimaginable to me. Mm-hmm. And as if all of that were not enough, mm-hmm. 
He promises to come again and mm-hmm. set all things right, to restore creation, to deliver justice, to repair the broken, to heal the sick. In the, in the words of Sam Ganji in Lord of the Rings, it's just one of my favorite quotes of all time, everything sad will come untrue. <laughs> There's no more crying, no more pain, no more brokenness, no more division. Uh, it's a promise that encompasses the entire universe, hmm. not just us or the world or the world that we live in, but the entire universe. And that is good news now and good news to come because God is loving and faithful. So Christmas comes with us into the new year, into, as someone said, the banal daily routines of our lives mm-hmm. with these facts that God loved us so much, He launched a rescue mission, and He will come back for us. Mm -hmm. And our response to those promises. So how do we respond to them? How do we carry Christmas with us into the rest of the year? Psalm 8 and 103. Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) Everything said will come untrue is such a great way of expressing that hope that I cling to. You know, these psalms, like all the psalms, are magnificent poetry, but also actually practical. Mm -hmm. So how do they work to bring Christmas with us? We're going to get into that. Now, think back. What is your general response to Advent, Christmas, and even Epiphany when Christians celebrate the coming of the wise men to bring gifts to Jesus? Well, for me, it's a time of great excitement and expectation. It is the reminder of the hope that will carry me through not just the next year, but for the rest of my life. It's a time to slow down and refocus and realign, really, my Mm. actions with my beliefs. Am I living in a way that reflects my belief that my Savior has arrived? So it can reorient you toward that lodestar. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a very mature response of you, Lynn. (laughs) Mine is not so, so wise and wonderful. And, of course, it's changed over the years. Yeah, of course. You know, when I was little, it was all about the excitement of the tree and the gifts and getting to go to a candlelight service where we actually used real candles. Mm-hmm. That was always exciting and dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved setting up and playing with the manger. That was my favorite thing about Christmas of all time. Uh-huh. And as I grew in my walk with the Lord and began to understand the deeper meaning of that manger scene, my response turned to gratitude and praise. But I have noticed recently— My response is more one of awe Mm -hmm. at the incomprehensible gift in all its magnitude. Just how the God who created the entire universe by one word Mm -hmm. came to earth as a tiny baby with all of a baby's limitations and vulnerabilities to bring me to him for eternity. Yeah, I cannot wrap my heart and mind around that. It inspires such awe in me. Mm-hmm. So I got to thinking about that and thinking, you know, what inspires awe in me besides the miracle of a new baby? Any new baby, not just Jesus, but any sure. new baby. Nature. Yes. For me, there is just nothing that demonstrates the power of God like nature, mm-hmm. whether it's the Pacific Northwest with the Canadian Rockies and Puget Sound or the New England Falls with all of the trees. I'm not so big on deserts, but almost every place else just inspires incredible awe in me. Yeah. There are multiple studies now that indicate 
spending time in nature is good for us, not just for our mental health, which it certainly is, Mm -hmm. but also for our spiritual health. It expands our souls Mm. and lifts us up out of the mundane routine of our life. So, as you know, because you're a wonderful gardener, Mm. as we contemplate the intricacies of God's creation and how perfectly everything has been woven together by Him, we cannot help but be in awe of His power and His goodness and His wisdom and everything else. Mm. Now, David knew all that because he was very connected to nature, certainly in the first part of his life when he was a shepherd, but in the later part of his life when he was a fugitive for years and years and then fugitive again at the end of Mm -hmm. his life. He spent a lot of time out in the open. Mm -hmm. Um, we can hear Genesis 1 and 2, the story of the creation, as the backdrop to Psalm 8. Psalm 8 itself is a hymn of praise. And what's interesting about it to me <clears throat> is that David recognizes that God's people have a special place in the created order. He writes these words, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers— the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. Consider God's remarkable uh lowering of himself Mm -hmm. to give us such dignity and meaning in his great universe when on that scale we are so insignificant and so untrustworthy. Yeah. It's a grand vision of who we are meant to be and our purpose in God's creation. And that fills me with awe of the majesty of what God has created around us and also his plan for his people. It's just awesome when you think about it. It is. And unfortunately, I think it is easy to disregard the majesty of God's creation because we just get so distracted. Mm-hmm. You know, how often do I stop and just soak in that beauty in my daily life? I mean, too often I'm focused on getting from point A to point B, and I don't <laughs> even remember how I got there. You know, it's easy to go to a new place and be awestruck by the scenery that's you've never seen before. Right. Why don't I do that every day? When I do, it definitely brings me closer to the God of creation. I recently heard someone say, if there was only one night a year when you could go outside and look up and see the stars at night, do you think that you would wait with anticipation and stay up all night just staring at the sky with awe and wonder? Mm. That's a gift we've been given every day. And how often do we actually go out and do it? God gave us his creation as one way to see him and get closer to him. And that's how Psalm 8 brings Christmas with us in the awe we experience with God's creation and our place in it. So what about Psalm 103? How does that fit in? I'm going to move to that, but I want to make one comment because I read something the other day that impressed me. Okay. That astronomers, whoever the people are who know these things, have determined that the night sky in January of 2023 is going to be the brightest of the whole year. Okay. So if you can if you can get someplace that's a dark sky spot, uh-huh. it's worth it. Okay. It's worth it. Um, anyway, Psalm 103 
uh, is the first of four psalms reflecting on God's dealings with his people, and they cover from creation to the exile. It is a hymn of praise. And interestingly enough, there are no petitions here. Hmm. There's no requests, only praise. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a sustained celebration of God's goodness, and it starts with personal and individual praise by David, uh, national praise by the people of Israel, and finally, universal praise where all of creation gets into the act. And it celebrates the abundant goodness and love of God. There's a list of benefits that come from God in this psalm. Forgiveness, redemption, healing, satisfaction, renewal, righteousness, justice. The list goes on throughout the psalm. And it's an incredible list of the gifts that God gives us. In addition, God reveals himself. Now, he's quoting history here. So he reveals himself both to the people of Israel, Mm -hmm. who knew what God was doing Mm -hmm. in the Exodus, and to Moses, who actually knew why God was doing Mm -hmm. what he was doing. This is a very intimate uh, perception of that relationship. And you can go through this psalm and make a very long list of the characteristics and attributes of God as well. There's abundant evidence of his mercy, compassion, grace, goodness. The thing that stuck out to me was the fact that God knows us. He knows how we're formed. He remembers our frailty and how short our lives are. He knows us inside out. And he makes us fit for his kingdom. Now think about that, Lynn. We don't really belong here on earth. We belong in the kingdom of God, Mm. which is eternal. And that's an astonishing thing for me Mm -hmm. to feel like sometimes in this world, I don't feel like I fit anywhere. But I fit. I belong to the kingdom of God. And that's what the Psalms tells us. Well, there's a lot of repetition of themes and qualities we've seen before in the Psalms. But you said this one in particular helps bring Christmas forward with us. So tell me more about that. It's relatively simple. It's awe, A-W-E, awe. Mm -hmm. Psalm 8 is the awe of God's creation and our place and plan in it. Psalm 103 is the awe of God himself. Mm. And we, as Christians, can enter into the joy of this psalm because we can celebrate the biblical story as it developed after the time of David and after the time he wrote this, Mm -hmm. which displays even more of God's goodness and grace and love and kindness. And we know the story was fulfilled by the birth and death of the Messiah. And we know the story was carried on by the early church and down till today, of faithful believers singing God's praises and telling the story of His marvelous love and plan. And we know that Jesus will come again Mm -hmm. and set all things right. So, I think, for me it is, the childlike sense of awe and wonder that David expressed in these two psalms that carries Christmas with us year-round. We never have to leave it behind. Well, you know how I am about my definitions. (laughs) And I want to give one here because culturally, I feel like that word awe and its friend awesome have really gotten watered down. Mm -hmm. Awe means a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder, while awesome means extremely impressive or daunting, expiring great admiration, apprehension, or fear. And when you look at it 
that way instead of how many times a day we hear, oh, that's awesome. Mm. Um, Our God is the only truly awesome one out there. And the awe that we should have for him is revealed in his creation and in his character. And you're so right. It's something that we should carry with us all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, I have uh, two little take-home practices that will help us with that. Okay, good. The first one is to take a walk outside Mm -hmm. and observe closely. Actually, you don't even have to walk. You just have to go outside. Right. You can be in your garden if you want. You don't have to walk anyplace. But go outside and observe closely. Take time. What do you see? Mm -hmm. What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you feel? Pay attention to the creation that surrounds us and is a gift from our loving Heavenly Father. Mm. And do it often. Yeah. The second thing is to make a list of the characteristics that we find uh, about our Lord in Psalm 103. And here's the trick to ponder how each one impacts your daily life. You can do that as a devotional in this new year. Take one of those characteristics a day and really think about how that impacts you, how it affects you. Meditate on it. Contemplate on it, right? The whole point of those two exercises is to recapture the awe that brings us close to the God who is with us all the time. I love both of these. I think everyone would benefit by doing both of them. I had a therapist friend tell me one time about something called the five, four, three, two, one coping technique. <laughs> and it's about uh, what to do when you're feeling anxiety. And it goes like this. Acknowledge five things you see around you. Acknowledge four things that you can touch around you. Acknowledge three things you can hear around you. Acknowledge two things you can smell around you and acknowledge one thing you can taste. Now, this exercise is meant to be a way to ground yourself in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I have used it many times. But I have to tell you, I've never thought of it as a way to reconnect to God. And that's exactly what it is. You go outside and your senses are a gift to become aware of Him and His awesome creation. And now I don't think I'll ever be able to do that exercise again without being reminded of my constant connection to him. So thank you for helping me see that. That's, it's, that's a good tool. Yeah, it yeah. is. All right. Well, until next time. <laughs>